gentlemen. He's Ben. I'm Elio. This is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Ben, how's it going? Not bad, man. Not after all our technical difficulties getting started tonight, but we're finally here and uh, we are finally live. This is a good thing because now I know where the problem was the other night because I was supposed to do a show and I usually record the show and I edit and I upload it and I send it off to to the other guys yet where I was having the same problem that we just had earlier where it said unstable connection and now I know what the problem was I was upstairs yes yeah, so we uh, we relocated Elio's office in our live and in living color and now we are not CM Punk um, but uh, well, what we are I, is we are very Although I have a fun prediction later on in the show. Just a fancy oh, poker boy. type thing. Okay. Absolutely. Well, uh, well, we'll get into plenty of that after all it is Royal Rumble season. So we do have plenty yep. of uh, fantasy booking scenarios. And then I have, then I have a question um, for but, you. But, uh, you know, I... No, I have a question for you at the end of the show. Ah! Well, it's just, just a fun question. Aren't you just full? Aren't you just full of information um, today? Yes. All right. Um, well, I look forward to your query, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. Um, Monday Night Raw was atrocious, <laughs> and I I volunteered to do uh, the. the the review for Raw because I can't contain myself and I have to go on one of my rants. Oh. But uh, you will uh, you will actually find it quite entertaining. So I figured I would do you a solid and um, and take Raw off your hands since you've been doing it the last two weeks. However, um, other I appreciate than- it, sir. Well, thank you. I'm, yes, I'm a jolly son of a bitch. I know. Um, but uh, I have to say, other than Monday Night Raw, in all seriousness, I was um, I was genuinely impressed um, about all of the uh, wrestling this week. What's wrong? Because as, as once again, Elio is fucking with the controls. <laughs> And, and changing my nameplate as I'm trying to, to do a serious podcast introduction. Um, but yeah, I was uh, I was very impressed with. No, uh, I, ch- I changed it to um, to fit your character tonight. I'm on a rent, bitch. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> and uh, we and we will have um, we will have absolutely tons of rants. Uh, coming your way regarding Monday Night Raw, but luckily your eardrums will receive a break uh, throughout the rest of the show up until a certain point, and then I might have to go on another one again. Uh, but um, enough wasting of the time, and let's jump right into uh, Monday Night Raw. So, uh, Breaking news, Elio. I'm not sure if you were aware of this, but we're coming at you live from uh, Tropicana, uh, Tropicana Field and the WWE Thunderdome again. 
I, I hear it's the critically acclaimed Thunderdome. According to who? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what what awards has this structure won? <laughs> what awards? Where are these awards? <laughs> the award-winning critically acclaimed Thunderdome. Okay, whatever. But the, okay, okay. So, so actually, that that brings up a good point. Can I? So, can I say something before we go on to on to Raw? Just because I just thought of something. Um, you know, so the Royal Rumble is coming up. And I know um, pay-per-views have been a challenge in the pandemic era and the WWE Thunderdome and all of that stuff. Um, but I, I'm legitimately curious as to how they're going to pull off the Royal Rumble this year. Because if you really think about it, the, of all of the pay-per-views on WWE's calendar... Royal Rumble is the one that's most reliant on actual fans. Especially if you're going to have surprises. Yeah, well, and, and that is, that, that's, that's the second layer of it. So the first layer is, you know, you're not, you're not going to have the regular countdown clock. You can't, you can't, because I don't want to hear the piped in 10, 9, 8, whatever. That, that's not that that's not gonna work. I, I deal with enough piped in crowd noise of this is awesome every, every single fucking week. I don't need it on the Royal Rumble. So that's that's one issue. The second issue is how are you gonna do surprises? Like that's because that's the most fun aspect of of the Royal Rumble. But with with everything um required for uh, COVID testing in addition to uh, uh, in addition to people quarantining um, after they travel out of state um, you know that 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 poses a bunch of issues um, that that weren't necessarily there for all of the other pay-per-views because at least when you're dealing with, say, uh, TLC or an elimination chamber, everybody's already in house because it's based in Tampa. But you can't really, you can't really do the Royal Rumble because, you know, you're going to have to bring in talent from the outside. So it's it's just kind of um, kind of interesting. So. As much as I hate to say this, like I just I don't know how they're gonna pull off a solid Royal Rumble. So I'll be very um, I'll be very curious to see what they end up doing. But uh, I don't have my hopes up too high for a, for a banner Royal Rumble this year. Mm. But enough enough of my enough of my pre-show ranting. You. You guys don't come here for the pre-show much as I don't watch pre-shows on pay-per-views. So I'm going to jump right into the Raw review. Oh my god. Right off the bat, low light. I know that I know that's your segment of the show, but I have I have to steal low light because We kick it off with Hulk Hogan 
and the H phone. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Right about now, I've got my own H phone, and I'm about to go order a second one. Oh my God! You have first. First of all, unfortunately, there probably are some people who are old enough to gullible enough to believe that there is an H phone and blah blah. Yeah, no, it's just it is so stupid. Um, because if you didn't know, on this H phone, you can do historic things. Like what? You can see all your social media apps, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, although that's existed on every single phone for the last fucking decade. Yeah, don't say. Wow. I am amazed. (laughs) What a groundbreaking announcement, courtesy of WWE Raw Legends Night in the Thunderdome. Isn't it wonderful? Grief. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god you know it's just like every single thing about Hulk Hogan is cringe <laughs> yeah like you know I just I don't care anymore and I like just I I certainly don't need the H phone on my television screen I hear you but it's just, oh my lord. So then, as if that wasn't cringeworthy enough, we open up the main show with Ms. TV. Ooh. Uh, can we get some piped-in crowd booze on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast toward Ms. TV, please? Ooh. Exactly. Although I will say John Morrison was funny, but still, this whole segment. Oh, you're you're really you're really stretching, Elio, because I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't see one single redeeming quality in this in this segment because, oh my God! But unfortunately, as um, as journalists, I have to take you through this. So. <clears throat> The Miz welcomes us to the most must-see talk show in the history of wrestling. Uh, no, Mr. Mizanin, I believe that title belongs to um, the uh, the Pit, okay? And Rowdy Rowdy Piper, Piper's Pit. Like, are you kidding me? It's not Miz TV. It's it's either Piper's Pit or the Snake Pit. Okay, give me a fucking break. Relax. But it's a special legends night, and and he he runs he runs down all the legends that are going to be in the house. Okay. And he calls himself the biggest legend of them all. I correct. Oh God. When I'm just agreeing with him. Well, if, if anyone actually thinks the, the, the Miz is a, big, is a big legend, there's something wrong with your brain. Yeah. So then he goes on to say that he's feeling optimistic about 2021. I'm optimistic about the bathroom break I took during this segment. <laughs> so, so um, 
So then out comes the new day after Ms. introduces them. They are the first guests of 2021. Okay. And no, but but the uh, the new day wants to commandeer Ms. TV and create their own talk show known as New Day Talks. How about no, New no. Day Talks? How, how, how about how about this? How about instead of New Day Talks, we go with New Day Know, New Day Know, New Day Know, because I don't want to see that shit. No what? As in no talk show, the no boom. nothing, just end, this, end the segment, please. Z- uh, Xavier wants to wants everybody to know that he is the band leader, and Kofi says he's the host. And this is going to be the best show because Xavier bought the good tea, beef, and a working smell of vision What? First of all, what what is what is smelling? The Mrs. Clone? <laughs> <laughs> Help me understand. It's 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 Halloween clone, brother. Oh my! It's the it's it, 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 it's, it's called Immortal. Oh my God! In heaven, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> like, so this, this podcast is going off the rails, man. <laughs> it's going off the rails, please. I, I, I don't need to see Hulk Hogan coming out of the ocean, <laughs> please. <laughs> I'm done with that. Um, but anyway, um. But Miz is getting increasingly pissed off because the New Day has taken over the show. And he is, um, he's, get, he's getting mad at John Morrison as well because John Morrison is feeding into Kofi's uh, New Day resolution or uh, New Year's resolution talk. And see, see, this is where it gets like really stupid. Because, because John Morrison doesn't talk about wanting to be the tag team champions. He doesn't talk about wanting to be a singles champion or anything like that. No, 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 no. He wants to take enough selfies in order to create a collage of himself by the end of the year. Okay. You know, like I, I have to, I have to ask, and I know it's, I know it's gonna come across as if I'm being a dick, but like, who in the blue hell finds this entertaining? Uh, not me. I, I, I don't understand how this kind of stuff makes TV without somebody saying to themselves. Uh, no, let's change this. Let's do something different here so we don't look like bumbling morons on national television. But no. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, I I, I don't get it. And then, and then, because you and I have both talked about this, about, about Morrison being being much more talented and deserving to be in a better position. But no, he makes himself look like he, like, well, well I'm sorry. I'm getting all tongue-tied in ahead of myself because I, be- I can't believe what I'm about to say. 
But Morrison says that he would he would like to go out to dinner with Tatanka if he had the choice because that was one of New Day's questions. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, keep keep in mind that we had people like Mickey James, uh, Tori Wilson, uh, and and Alicia Fox backstage. And he wants to go out to dinner with Tatanka. That wouldn't be fun. What the hell is going on here? I just, you know, is he mentally ill? (laughs) I, I, you know, I mean, no disrespect, but Jesus Christ, I think you're, uh, I I think you're, um, ability to make smart choices is somewhat impaired. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they didn't have any champagne on the show either, which was surprising. They, I thought they could have bummed that cheap champagne from uh, Carmela from a few weeks ago. <laughs> but not, but the, the stupidity doesn't stop there because now we have a cooking portion of the show complete with Xavier Woods in a chef's hat. Oh no. No, just just murder me now. <laughs> just someone put cyanide in my food and just kill me now, please. <laughs> <laughs> um but but from from one bad segment being cut off to another before we can learn about about uh, Xavier Woods' cooking skills, we get cut off by Teddy Long, who who says that he has a perfect solution to solve the the New Day and Miz and Morrison's problem. Not just hold on there a minute, player. Yes, well well played, sir. See what. <laughs> See what I did there? Play, play. <laughs> I'm a wordsmith coming at you live right here on the PNC Progression Podcast. All right. Good Lord. <laughs> so, so then, you know, Teddy Long is out there to perform his shtick, and he informs, he informs us that Miz and Morrison will participate in a handicap match against... The Undertaker. Oh wow! And then, of course, uh, Adam Pierce needs to come out and remind Teddy Long to take his pills and the fact that that uh, the Undertaker is not in the building to be subjected to this bullshit, such as the Miz TV. Yeah. So there are small Teddy. blessings on Raw. This week, okay, and then and then we get the regular tag team match gimmick, where where it's it's announced that Miz and Morrison will go one on one on uh, one on one against a New Day in a tag team match. Who gives a shit? So I'm not even going to review the match because by the time we got to the match, I was ready to off myself right in front of my television screen. Oh no! <laughs> that's that's how painful Miz TV is. 
Okay. But speaking of, speaking of, of painful, something happened on this show where I just couldn't believe my ears. Uh-oh. What's that? Well, Char- Charlie Caruso is backstage interviewing Randy Orton. Yep. And I, I want to note before I go into this segment that it took a half an hour for Monday Night Raw to mention anything about Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton. Um, which, which I find very interesting and disturbing. Because... See, actually, I don't, I don't know this because actually uh, don't, I only watch till 8.30 so I do miss uh, the rest of the show because I'm setting up for the show at 9 o'clock that we do. So I actually don't know what, what happened here. Oh, well, strap yourself in, brother. <laughs> You're going to do some questions. Safety. Let's go. I know. I know. You might want to do some flexes in your muscles to stretch yourself out for this <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> because, because not only does it take a half an hour for us to 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 mention the cliffhanger and the previous episode of Raw. Mm-hmm. So he, he tells us that he just couldn't set Alexa Bliss on fire. He showed her restraint and compassion. And he, he hates that he did that, and, and he hates himself for that decision. But um, but he uh, he doesn't know, and, or he doesn't want to talk about the fiend. And this, this is this is what got me on this this segment. So through all of this, the question that Charlie Caruso chooses to ask. Is, is do you think the fiend is coming back? Did, you, a, did you did you not see the mask last week? Yeah, I did. Which I'm I don't, I don't know if that's real or not. But uh, you know, it's just it's just like, are you serious? Like that's the question that you ask. In that deadpan tone after he was about to set a woman on fire, that's the question you ask. Like, you know, I could go off on a tangent and I could just I could just curse this show 20 ways to Sunday. And yes, this show sucks. But it's stuff like this that just makes me absolutely sad and dejected over the current state of Monday Night Raw. But have no fear, ladies and gentlemen, because true anger was hot on the heels of my sadness with the next segment. Okay? Because Angel Garza is backstage with Alicia Fox, and and she... And he wants to give her a rose. But he he is sent on his way because apparently Alicia Fox uh, has higher standards than Angel Garza, for which I applaud her because he looks like a creep. But whatever. And, but, so, it, but it only gets worse from here because now we have 
we have Sergeant Slaughter to Taanka, uh, Tori Wilson, and James, who was there. And 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 uh, and, uh, and that's another thing. Uh, last time I checked, isn't Mickey James still active on the roster? Yes. Why? So why is she there being called a legend on Legends Night? Well, I'd put her in there. Well, yeah, well, yes. I, I'm not saying she's not a legend. Okay, Mickey James is amazing, but she's still an active competitor, and this is this is Legends Night, and this is all they have for her. Oh yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, like I know, no, standing around backstage, right? Like, are you, are you, are you nuts? Yeah. I mean, the, that last match that she had on TV, that was painful. Uh, if you, um, if you don't remember what, um, what Elio was talking about, he's talking about, um, her, uh, her match with, um, Natalia? with Nia, with Nia Jax. Was it in Italy where um, they spent more? Seth Rollins came down ringside and spent more time with the camera on him rather than the match or something. She got counted out. Well, the the last Mickey James match I remember is the one with Nia Jax on Raw. Um, or was so, it was it was that the one where she got counted out? No, no, that was the one where where um, where the bell rang. Even though she she didn't even tap out. Okay, because uh, the the one I remember was uh, where she got disqualified again in the match against Natalia. Okay. Well, you see, but this is how this is how memorable Mickey Jax has been reduced to. I mean, Mickey Jax. I'm sorry, Mickey James. I'm sorry. <laughs> that has a cool ring to it, though. How how dare I confuse it to it now? I which I wasn't doing, but nonetheless. So then then uh, Angel Garza is is on his way to uh, have a chat with Tori Wilson. Uh, she this brushes is bad. She brushes him off with with the claim that Cardi B wants to meet him and. And she is she is just around the corner in the next dressing room. Oh, God. And then we have a boogeyman sighting. Come on, you like that you popped for the boogeyman. I know you did. Uh no. Just like I just like I didn't <laughs> pop just like I didn't pop when Angel Garza won the twenty four seven championship right before this. Because that's right, ladies and gentlemen. I said it. Angel Garza won the 24-7 championship on this night. Okay. The future of WWE has been reduced to handing out roses to people and winning 24-7 championships. I can't I cannot believe my my, my eyes at, at the state of this crap. I I can't. So then, AJ Styles versus Elias again. I'm confused. Is AJ supposed to be a face or a heel now? Yeah, I, I, I was asking myself that question last week. 
Like, I, so. I, I guess uh, they just turn to face. And what's his, uh, what's his, um, well, whatever that guy is, what's his name? Um, Omos. Omos. So why were they calling him Omos? Or did you catch that? Oh, I caught it. it yeah, it why, why, why were they calling him Omos? Because his name used to be Omos. But that's just stupid. Like they could they've been calling him almost all these weeks. Now they started calling him Omos. It, it, yeah, because they're full of shit. I don't know. I but anyway, <laughs> uh, the winner is AJ Styles, and I don't have a complaint about that. But why is AJ Styles in the ring with Elias for two straight weeks? What is it? Who does that help? Uh, uh, Okay, yeah, yeah, but for me, yeah, this wasn't a bad match. I, no, I, no, I, I like the I last week better, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, I, I don't think AJ Styles is capable of having a bad match, so I'm not complaining about that, but I'm just confused right. about no, the I get booking. Yeah, well, yeah, why, like, is he, he always just suddenly becomes a good guy out of nowhere. Yeah, so then, then after the match... Riker tries to attack AJ by smashing a guitar over his back. Almost just kicked it right out of his hand. <laughs> I, I, I know. I know. That was... So, so then... Okay. So then I get confused even more because the next the next segment is Ric Flair, Ric Flair and Charlotte entering entering the, the ring prior to going to a commercial. Okay. Yeah. But then, and when we get back to from commercial, we we don't see Rick and Charlotte Flair. We see Riddle uh, having a backstage conversation with the Big Show, aka the Big Bro. Hey, I got a really cool idea, bro. Uh, How about this for your theme song? It's the Bro Show. It's a big bro. It's a bro show. Nobody gives a fuck. It's 2021. Get off my screen. Please. That's good. Nobody cares. That's, that's good. Keep thinking. It's good. Keep thinking. Yeah. Oh, my God. Please tell me you're being facetious. Jesus Christ. Um, no, that's what the big show was telling the riddle. But I, I get it. No, 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 no I, I know. But I'm, 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 I'm responding to the big show by saying, yeah, please tell me it. you're being facetious. Yeah, please. Um, okay. So then, uh, then we finally get back to Charlotte Flair, and she's in a tag team match for the for the women's tag team titles. Wait, was this Again, a championship match? Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, okay. I must have missed that part, okay. <laughs> Trust me, there was a lot of Monday Night Raw that was no, missing. No, I, I, I must have missed the part where they said it was a championship match. Oh, my God. Well, just be thankful you you missed two and a half hours of this show. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, um, I'm this team of Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce. I, I see. I, I I don't get this tag team because I was because I was ecstatic when the iconics broke up. Boo, boo! I love you, Billy. Don't worry. 
Blow out your ass, Canelo. Get higher standards. Okay? Well, having, having said that, if you're going to break up the Iconics just to put together Peyton Rice and Lacey Evans, I prefer the Iconics. Yay. Iconic! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, blow out your ass. Um, but so, oh, wait, wait, Fitz. No one's blowing anything out their ass. <laughs> uh, well, then, well, then you've disappointed me on this Saturday evening. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> on the show. You see how far down the rabbit hole we have to go to make this entertaining because this is this is how bad Monday Night Raw has become on a weekly basis. Um but, but so the, the weirdest part of this of this match was um Lacey Evans pauses on the apron to flirt with Ric Flair. Yeah, did you see that? Like, she, like, she like, grabs his tie and all that. And then, and then oh, it's wet, wet. And then show it's like, dead. And then that was that spear out of nowhere. <laughs> well, exactly. And, and see, the, the, the most uh, vomit-inducing part was, was Lacey calling Rick daddy. I was like, oh, oh yeah, no. you guys. <laughs> that, was, that no. was so bad. <laughs> but um, but so then a little bit later in the match, uh, and I don't know how this was supposed to come off as being accidental because it looked pretty purposeful to me. Um, but uh, Rick actually hooked um Charlotte's leg, costing her the match. Yeah, was that on purpose or was that purpose or was that uh? Actually, well, I don't know. They tried to throw, they tried to play it as if it was an accident, but I didn't uh, see we, it. We're not gonna name another Charlotte heel turn, are we? But was it just for this night? I, I guess it was just for the night because once again, Charlotte gets pissed off at Rick. And the most newsworthy portion of this, uh, of this segment is that Rick didn't cry after getting kicked out. <laughs> hey, you notice how well, like every time this, like this happens, you know, ends up crying. But whatever, I. Uh, but you know, it's just it's ridiculous. Uh, some, some, something, some, something is just not right when a segment like this makes it to TV. But at this point, I shouldn't even be surprised. <laughs> Next up, we have Riddle versus Bobby Lashley, and this match. Sucked. I hated it. Okay. Uh, and then, and then we're forced to to uh, live through another Randy Orton promo with Mark Henry, and uh, you know, he's going after the legends because um, he wanted to yeah. take a walk. This, and, was, this and, was bad. And be a legend killer. This is this is not it. Yeah, this was bad. Then, then we have Randy Orton in the ring against Chef. And it's just, Randy Orton's entrance is longer than his matches at this point, and I don't care. Okay, for me, um, I don't want to see Randy Orton going after Jeff Hardy's 
ears again. Oh, that's I, I actually had to turn away when he was doing that. Um, yeah, we, we we saw enough of we saw enough of that at um Hell Hell in Cell. Cell 2018. Yeah, I, we don't need to see that again. I I agree. Um, oh my god! And then it's Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander versus Lucha House Party, and I, I I'm very confused about Lucha House Party right now because the way that they're used on the main roster is a joke, but yet they've just now sort of being used on NXT and we're supposed to take Grand Metal League seriously because he just had a match against, um, against, um, Santos Escobar oh, on, on, right. on NXT yeah, yeah. this week, so I, I'm a little, I'm a little bit confused because if you if you watch him wrestle um, Santos Escobar, they actually put him over as a legit you know threat and a legit luchador, which 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 let me be very clear. Um, you know, the Lucha House Party are very talented wrestlers, mm-hmm. but they're, they're booked as complete jokes, so I'm just a little bit confused. Um, and then the main event was uh, for the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre versus Keith Lee. Um, not a bad match. No, as a, as a matter of fact, I think that this was Keith Lee's best outing on um on Monday Night Raw. However, after the match, ugh. yeah. Well, after the match, we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, uh, there there is one portion of this match that I want to talk about. Did you see the Spanish fly off the top rope? Yep. Oh my God. That is against physics. The fact that that Keith Lee can do that, and and the way that he was booked in NXT, and the fact that he can do a Spanish Fly, and the and yet he's being booked like this on the main roster, I I don't understand it. The guy is the, the guy is an absolute freak of nature, and yet. You can't book him properly because you want him to be different than he was on NXT. What the hell are these people doing? But then, but then to uh, to Elio's point, the ultimate sickening, sinking feeling occurred in my stomach after this match. And before you go on, um. Uh, first of all, can I can I say the name? Uh, yeah. Go okay, ahead. okay. I, I, okay. Now, this is the first thought that came to mind when I saw this. Now, all the legends were out on the stage, right? Yeah. It seems like they were all out there that night just to have fun, like, like with each other by themselves, like just hang out. Yet, it felt like Bill Goldberg was just there for himself. 
Well, of course he was. Yeah. Well, but but okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take this from the the beginning here because I'm very, I was very confused when I saw Goldberg, and it was on top of me being incredibly pissed off because I don't want to see Goldberg anymore. No, in, in 2021. I, look, I was in the, I didn't want to see him when he came back the first time, but then I was, I was okay with it because I, I understood that he, that he wanted his son to see him in, in wrestling one time. And I get that. What? And I get that. Yeah. So, so I was with you. I got that. And I, I thought it was cool that he got his moment and and wanted to show his son. You know, I I have a heart. I have a I have a nephew that's around Gage's age. I get it. But but as to why he's back in the ring after one after that disaster with the Undertaker. And two, after that abysmal uh, embarrassment with The Fiend, the fact, the fact that he did not step up and say, um, you know, boss, maybe we shouldn't do this to The Fiend. Um, you know, but, but, but that's neither here nor there, I guess. But that's why I can't stand Bill Goldberg. Mostly because he almost killed the Undertaker, but uh, there's there's also my problem with the fact that he buried the coolest character that WWE has had in a decade, at least. But uh, but it's just so now look, now that we've taken it from the emotional aspect of me not wanting to see Goldberg, let's take it from the logical booking perspective. Last time we saw Goldberg on television, it was him in the ring signing a contract to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 36. And of course, that didn't happen because Roman decided to go home, justifiably so because of the pandemic and and how shitty WWE was handling the coronavirus because they weren't handling it at all. So my hat's off to to, uh, to Reigns because of that. Okay, but then, but then they seem to be teasing uh, that that um, you know Goldberg was eventually going to have his match with Reigns, and then they decided to go in this direction with, with McIntyre. Um. How in the hell does this help Drew McIntyre? And so I was I was thinking to myself, and I, and I would love I would love to get your take on this. Okay. I, I was thinking, you know, why would they bring Goldberg back f- for this? Because it makes no sense. What's your take on this? For uh, Drew McIntyre for this match, 
Yeah, for Drew yeah, McIntyre and Goldberg. Like, but, yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I don't like it. I don't want to see Goldberg in the ring again. I, I'm not looking forward to this match because what are they going to do? Give him the championship and then, uh, and then. Well, that, but that's that's my fear. That that is my fear. So Goldberg is going to WrestleMania again. I hope not, but. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, if Goldberg wins the WWE Championship, you are going to hear the most epic rant in the history of this podcast that will trump the whole entire Fiend rant that I did after the, after the shit show in Saudi. And that's saying something. I mean, look... What what is it with this company and, and aging legends and yet they don't want to push half their roster? Yep. Uh, what what in the fuck is this? What? The, uh, no, I, I'm, uh, 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 what? I, I'm just uh, attributing your name to your character right now. <laughs> Uh, you know, I I just I don't understand this at all because this whole Goldberg thing makes no sense whatsoever. Um, I just I can't I can't breathe. Uh, yeah, yes, uh, yes, I am gonna bitch <laughs> because because this is this is the stuff that makes my skin crawl. On a, on a daily basis watching WWE because they bring people in and it makes no sense. And, and, and Goldberg, of all people, against, against um, Drew McIntyre. So, so the, the last thing I want to say about Monday Night Raw is this. The last image that we see is Drew... What, what what's the what's this latest name change? Note, note to Goldberg. What's the rest of it? Let them breathe. I love you. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> trying trying to trying to bring some levity to this situation. So so the last thing that we see on Monday Night Raw is Drew Goldberg getting shoved on his ass like a schoolyard bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? Not, notwithstanding the fact that Bill Goldberg is 50-something and can barely fucking wrestle at all. And Mike Terry even said, I think he would be like fighting my dad, mate. <laughs> exactly, and yet he, yet he still gets shoved on his ass. Like, how does this match help anybody? But yeah, what what pisses me off even further, right? So think think about this. Think about this. Because we have people like Alistair Black and Mickey James getting getting graded as having an F and a D respectively. Okay, Mickey James got the F. Uh, uh, Alistair got the D on the Fox list, courtesy of uh, courtesy of Ryan 
Satin, who I can't fucking stand, but that's another story. Um, but uh, so we have, we have that, and then you you have you apparently you have two NXT talents getting ready to get called up. I don't know who the second one is, but the first one is Damian Priest. Yeah. Uh, apparently. Um, um. You know what? You know what? I'm one. I think they might be calling Rhea Ripley up. Oh my God! No. Is that uh, I mean, who it is? I mean, I'm, that's just my guess. Uh, that maybe possibly at the Rumble. Oh my fucking God! No. No! 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 When it says that, is that not good? Are you afraid of what they're gonna do to her? Look! 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 What they did to her at WrestleMania! I mean, God! God! My, my voice is breaking. I can't. I can't deal with this shit. Okay. I. I but that's the name. With that's the name I heard though. Oh my God! Uh, no, please. From all that is holy, I just I can't take this shit anymore. So, but with with that being with that being said, um, let me give my voice box a break and throw it over to you for your take on uh, NXT New Year's Evil. Okay. Well, before we uh, before we do that, um, the one thing I one part I didn't like is how uh, Goldberg like said. Drew doesn't respect the legends. I never heard him say that. Yeah, and and and, all, and yet yet when when Drew McIntyre won the championship, all the legends came out and were standing in the ring with him, yep. show, showing him respect. And Drew McIntyre was doing nothing but reciprocating during an entire segment of Monday Night Raw, and yet. Bill Oldberg comes comes out saying that he has no respect for the legends. Um, number number one, uh, Vincent Mann and Kevin Dunn need to actually watch the fucking show that they're writing, along with Bruce Pritchard. Don't get me started on Bruce Pritchard because I have a story that I'm going to tell before the show gets off the fucking air. Oh, I want to hear I, this. I just saw I just saw this earlier this week and I can't resist myself. Oh, I want to hear but, this after. Yep. But no, no, no. We're, I'm going to tell it on the air. But just give me a minute here, okay? Because you know who who writes this shit? I mean, just go back a few weeks and your stories make no fucking sense. You're saying Drew has no respect for the legends, but yet go back a few weeks and what the fuck did he do during an entire segment on Monday Night Raw? But but you know, a theme on 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 the PNC Progression Wrestling podcast is logic, but that's just something that WWE doesn't possess the balls to actually follow through with. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. That officially ends the entire negative portion of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast because I actually enjoyed the rest of the week that was in pro wrestling. So let's get the let's get the good shit rolling, pal, and uh, hand it on over right. to Elio for NXT New Year's Evil.
New Year's Evil. They went pop, all pop culture with this uh, title off, based off of a slash film from 1980. Yeah, I, I really appreciated that. Yeah. It's like, was, that's the first thing thought that popped into my head when I heard this name. I'm like, New Year's Evil. They didn't. Okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so... <laughs> We are for opening match is uh, carrying Cross defeating Damian Priest. This was a pretty good match. Yes, it did have some timing issues, but um, but I, uh, I I really I really enjoyed this match. Um, and there uh, there's money all over these guys. Um, I will say I was surprised when I heard that Damian Priest is getting called up. Because he really didn't, um, I don't think he really found his stride until much later in his NXT run. And I think he could have done with a run at the top. Because if you really think about it, he only had a brief run with the NXT North American Championship. But then, then again, now that Karrion Cross is back in the fold, it's very obvious that the NXT title is... Um, is going on carrying cross, and quite quite frankly, while we're while we're on the subject, um, I was very surprised that carrying cross came back to NXT because when he got hurt um, at uh, at NXT Takeover uh, thirty, was it thirty or thirty one? I think it was thirty. Thirty, I think thirty. Yeah, I think it was thirty. Um, I said to myself, well, he's not coming back to NXT, especially if he's going to be out for six, nine months. But, um, but apparently, apparently he is back, which in and of itself surprised me. Um, but going back, going back to Damian Priest, I am, I am surprised they called him up without having a run at the top. But then again, uh, you know, if, if you, Factor in what they're going to do with Karrion Cross plus plus uh, Priest's age. I suppose they felt it was now or never. Because he's either 38 or 39 at this point. Okay, and um, in our second match, Cruiserweight champion Santos Escobar defeats Grand Middle League to retain the championship. See, and, and this is this is what confused me. Like I said, um, during the during the raw review, um, you know, if um, if obviously Santos Escobar is awesome, um, but if they don't have anyone to challenge him, uh, then you know, what what are they doing bringing Grand Metal League down? I mean, I mean, because because on the main roster he he's treated as a joke, but then I'm supposed to take him seriously as as a uh, as a legit threat to the cruiserweight title. And, and, and in addition to that, doesn't that call into question the quality of the cruiserweight division because you're you're calling somebody from the main roster to come down? And out of nowhere, have a championship match. So it, it was it was a good match. Don't get me wrong, 
Um, I was just very, I was very confused as to why it was, it was, uh, it was Graham and Elite that, that got the, uh, that got the nod for the title match. All right. So then we have the returning Zia Lee defeating Katrina Cortez. Now, do you recognize Katrina Cortez? Uh, no, I didn't. Who because, was it? because I didn't recognize her either at first. I just did an indie spotlight uh, segment real quick. And um, you remember when um, uh, Sinkara had that woman uh, accompanying him to the ring, uh, Catalina or whatever her name was? Yeah. That This is her. Remember oh, she, she, she wore a mask up to the ring when she accompanied Sinkara? Oh, damn. Yeah. All right, then we had what I thought was a match of the night. Holy crap. Raquel Gonzalez defeating Rhea Ripley in that last woman standing match. I, as, I absolutely agree with you. I thought that this was um, match of the match of the night. And... Um, and now, now, now that you have mentioned that Rhea Ripley uh, might be getting called up, now I'm remembering the fact that um, commentary was alluding to the fact that, um, you know, like both of these women can't be on the same brand. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, maybe, um, maybe she is getting called up. I just, after what they did to her with Charlotte Flair, when it was so obvious to me that Rhea Ripley should have won that match, mm-hmm. um, I I really don't have high hopes for her on the on the main roster. Like, because if they screwed up Shayna Baszler as bad as they have, I can only imagine the depths that uh, Rhea Ripley will sink to. Okay, and uh, next we had. Kushida and Shotzi Blackheart defeating Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano. Uh, this was a really random pairing with Kushida and uh, yeah. Shotzi Blackheart. I was very confused by this. And in our main event, Finn Balor defeats Kyle O'Reilly to retain the NXT Championship. Um, this, this was an awesome match. Um, I'm really, I'm really happy that Kyle O'Reilly has gotten a, a chance to shine. Um, hold on, let me just. Uh, can you pause it real quick? I gotta, I gotta back up to let the dog in to, um, to his bed. Hold up. Oh, hold on. Uh, let me just pull this up. The okay. Let me. Oh. Okay, so. You were saying about uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually very happy that he uh, that he's kind of taken the forefront in uh, the undisputed era, and I, I have to I have to wonder what that means for Adam Cole, uh, because I um, as as much as it pains me to say, because I love Adam Cole, and I think he uh, is arguably the best that they have on on WWE roster right now. Um, but it's just with the way that all the NXT call-ups get treated, 
I I would rather see Adam Cole double parked in NXT, so I don't know. All right, so that is our review of NXT New Year's Evil, and we are going to take a break, and we'll be back with Ben's review of AEW New Year's Smash Night 1. Absolutely. All right, fans, we are back. We're going to throw it over to my co-host, Ben, for AEW Dynamite New Year's Smash Night 1, Ben. And uh, this review will be much shorter than... uh than my previous one because I don't have to I don't have to go on any uh, long sustained rants um, so you'll get a much calmer uh, version of this you know I, I'm just I'm actually gonna uh, break tradition with what I usually do and go with um, go with Elio's approach with the highs and lows here because to be honest with you I um I could have honestly slept walked through most of this show until we got to uh, to the main event. So I'm just gonna um, go there because th- th- this match between Kenny Omega and Ray Phoenix mm-hmm. uh, reminded me why I fell in love with professional wrestling in the first place. I absolutely love uh this match um i i have to tell you you know um ray i think ray phoenix is is hands down the best luchador in professional wrestling right now and um i would have i would even go as far as to argue the best luchador since ray mysterio um the the things that this guy can do uh, in the ring are j- is just ridiculous. I, 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 I the last time I re- I remember being this captivated with somebody was um, was Rey Mysterio, but I, I feel like I feel like I can't even do a, um, a, a fair uh, recounting of this because. I really wasn't paying attention from from an analytical standpoint because I was just I was just so um, immersed in it as as a fan. Um, but I uh, but I do I do want to uh, pull out a couple of spots and uh, mention them just out of out of respect. There was. Um, there was there was this one um, spot off off of a top off of the the top rope, and I uh, God I I I wish I could I could find it in, in my notes here. Um, shit, I can't I can't find it. But it, it was it was um, fuck fuck I I hate it when that happens. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll probably find it the second after I get off of this, uh, Zoom session with you, but, um. Can you hear when that happens? Yeah, but, um, but, but moving on, um, just the, the, the storytelling and, and the, um, the high-flying 
Oh, oh, here, here we go. Here, here we go. Okay, yeah. So, okay, thank God I found it. Okay, so there, there was this one spot where Ray goes to the top rope, uh, Phoenix, not Mysterio, obviously, and um, Omega counters with a with a knee and hits a power bomb off of uh, off of him and just completely knocks the shit out of him like just and uh, the combination of the knee the power bomb the um the near fall going right into the v trigger mm-hmm. into the cover into another v trigger and and then and then and then and then after all of that punishment Ray can still hit a reverse hurricane rana it's just absolutely ridiculous, and then. But I think my I think my favorite um, my favorite move of the entire match was right after this, because uh, because Ray um, Ray got into the ropes to break up the the one uh, pinfall attempt, and then. Um, then he rolls to the outside and goes and goes over the top rope into a cutter on um, on uh, Kenny Omega and that that whole segment with all the knees and the V triggers and you know that that whole sequence was absolutely insane um, and and the very the very ending was. Um, was a frog splash, uh, which was a uh, a tribute to Omega. Of course, um, of of course, uh, um, Omega kicks out and uh, goes on to hit the V trigger. Or not? Or I'm sorry, that's a V trigger with the, the one winged angel. And but. But as you might be able to tell by my difficulty of recounting this match, my mouth was on the floor throughout this entire match. I mean, I was, and I, and like people say that Kenny Omega is one of the best to to do it, and um, and prior to AEW, I really hadn't been exposed to Kenny too much um, because I wasn't. Um, I wasn't familiar with NJPW's product, um, and then you know, kind of like the way that they brought him into AEW wasn't what I was expecting. So I didn't really see see what other people saw in Kenny. But um, but I have to I have to tell you this of of all of my experience with Kenny Omega, this was the match that um, really told me that he was. Uh, that he was worth the billing that they were giving him because that was, that was insane. Uh, you know, both of these guys absolutely killed it. And, um, and hats off because Omega showed me something that I, that I was not aware of simply because I didn't have, I didn't have exposure to NJPW at the time, but after watching this, I definitely want to go back and, um, and watch some Omega stuff from NJPW. Because holy crap. And then speaking of holy crap, um, shit really hit the fan after the match. Uh, because, 
because here come here come the good brothers um to invade impact wrestling and get or to invade aew from impact wrestling and get the bullet club back together and the bullet club hasn't been relevant in my opinion since uh since matt and nick left new japan so uh this was this was kind of cool for me because i was always um i was always a bullet club fan and uh I've always had a soft spot for uh, Gallows and Anderson. Um, so just the fact that they look like superstars after being treated like shit in WWE um, just really, uh, really made my heart happy. Um, and like I said, I, I do have history with uh, with uh, Gallows and we and some of our mutual friends. Um, so, uh, that, that was really good to see. And then, um, I can't, I can't wait to see where they go, um, with, um, with the good brothers and, and Moxley and everything like that. Um, because, uh, because it'll be interesting to see if the young bucks go all the way heel. Cause if you, if you recall, they came in to stop, um, stop uh, Gallows and Anderson from beating up John Moxley, but then they still too sweeted them. So I'm just, I'm a little bit confused as to like where the Young Bucks stand. Are they good guys, bad guys? What is this? But my, uh, my initial thought was eventually they will go full heel and join the, and join the Bullet Club full force. Uh, what did, what did you think of this? Did you see, did you see this show in its entirety? Yeah, uh, this show, um, for me, uh, yeah, that was a good match. I did like the ending. I thought actually when I went to black, I thought uh, my, uh, I thought the, my uh, DVR had stopped. So I'm like, no, wait, what's going on? Why did it go black? Because I usually, um, I usually, um, set my timer to record, start recording five minutes after. Then when I saw the screen fade out, I thought that uh, it stopped recording. But I uh, yeah, look forward to seeing what they do next week. Yeah, definitely. And um, and I, uh, and I'm, I'm kind of surprised that this whole impact thing is, um, is continuing because I thought that was going to be like a one-off deal. Mm-hmm. Like, to, to really, uh, you know, not, to really boost uh, Omega's heel turn to the next level, but the fact that the fact that they really do seem now to have a working relationship between AEW and Impact, um, this could get very interesting very quickly. I think I asked you, what do you think of uh, Don Callis with uh, Omega? Um. It makes sense, but I'll I'll say the same thing that I said when uh, when he first um, helped uh, Omega capture the championship and complete his heel turn. I I thought he was the wrong guy to do that. I would I would have done that with Gallows and Anderson coming in first to help him. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
given the fact that Gallows and Anderson are here now, it's clear that they were going in that direction anyway, so I'm okay with it. Okay. So they kind of they kind of converted me from being on the fence about it to now I'm now I'm all right with it after seeing what they've done with it. All right. So is, is that all we have for the, for uh, AW? Uh, yeah, because I re- I really didn't think the rest of it was was worth very much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's Snoop Dogg. Wow. <laughs> oh, that was that was atrocious. And and the women's match with with Abaddon and Cheetah. Oh. Ooh, uh, yeah. Okay, you don't like Abaddon, do you? Well, I li- I like the gimmick. I'm not sold on her as a wrestler. Yeah, it was too early for, for her to get any kind of championship match. Oh, yeah, entirely. It's, their women's division is just such an eyesore, but I feel like I feel like we say that on a weekly basis. All right, so that brings our review of AW to an end. We're now going to move on to SmackDown. Then we're going to SmackDown. Um, I I actually uh, liked it to, to a large extent. You know what I liked? I liked um, Big E versus Apollo Crews. Really? Because that was one of my lowlights, as a matter of fact. No, why? What? Explain why. Um, sure. I, I didn't. I didn't have a problem with 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 the matchup. Obviously. Obviously, I like where where Big E can go with Apollo Cruz. Yeah. What I, what I didn't like about it was the the um the the original match. It was supposed to be um Apollo Apollo and Big E for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. But then, like three three minutes into that, they had that controversial ending. Yeah. And then they went to. They went to commercial. Well, first of all, I don't like it being controversial anyway with with the fact that Big E had just won the championship and then and then the week after that he wins by uh, by DQ and then the week after that he there's some uh, there's some controversy with Apollo Crews uh, seemingly beating him in uh, three minutes and change and then and then they restart it to have Apollo Cruz slap um, slap Biggie showing showing heelish tendencies that part that I liked yeah. or, but um, but the, the start the start and stop of it um, and the way that that was executed, uh, really took me out of it. I would, I would, especially after um, he won by, especially after Big E won by DQ last week. Um, I would have, I would have vastly preferred just a, just a really good Intercontinental Championship match between them. And then, like at the very end, at the very ending of the match, then you can have some controversy. But don't but don't have that translate into a into a into a tag team match or anything like that. You know, just 
Just what's wrong with them having a really solid match and then having Apollo get pissed off? Okay. All right. So that's how I would have done it. Then we had, uh, okay, the Dirty Dogs defeating the Street Profits to become the new champions. Ben, what do you think about that name, first of all? Kill me now. <laughs> it, sounds like, like, it sounds like a gay porno from the 80s. Like, just stop. Oh, jeez. And then we have not not to not to mention Dolph Ziggler's fascination with the dad hat. <laughs> and then we had a gauntlet match. This was pretty cool. You liked it? You like you like the winner of the gauntlet match? Well, well, and I was I was confused about it, and I actually I actually tweeted about it at first, and I deleted it. Then I tweeted the same thing again. Once once everything got uh, uh, got figured out. So let me, let, me, let me explain to you my my reaction to this gauntlet match. Okay. Um, at, at first, I was confused because it was it was announced right before uh, SmackDown went on the air. So I'm like, well, why wouldn't you why wouldn't you advertise that ahead of time to draw some interest to your show? Because that's that's an awesome idea, you know. Um, um, and then and then you know once I saw the uh, participants, I'm like, well, okay. As long as long as Daniel Bryan doesn't win this thing, I'm good because because Daniel Bryan versus uh, Roman Reigns needs to be saved for WrestleMania because in my book that's the only doable match that you can that I can buy into at WrestleMania. So I'm like, okay, well, please don't do anything to screw it up with Royal Rumble bullshit. But I'm thinking as long as as long as Dana Bryan doesn't win, I'm good. Then then they uh, then they started messing with the lineup after the um, after that opening segment with uh, with Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, Paul Heyman, and uh, Adam Pearce. And as soon as that segment go, went off, I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna they're gonna put they're gonna put Adam Pearson and Roman Reigns together at the Rumble. I'm like, oh boy. So so I I saw that coming right right off the bat, and obviously that's what that's what they ended up doing. But he, here's why I don't think. That they're gonna go with Adam Pierce versus Roman Reigns. There's no way, because Adam Pierce said it himself. He hasn't had a match in six years. Uh, they just started this feud between uh, between Adam Pierce and uh, Roman Reigns like uh, two weeks ago. Uh, so that's that's way too quick to then turn around and have a and ha- and have Adam Pierce taken seriously as a as a WWE Championship contender, which which we all know he's not. 
Um, and thirdly, I think that this just sets it up for um, for Kevin Owens to come back and continue his feud with uh, with Roman Reigns going going into the going into the Rumble. Uh, now, I agree with the fact that Roman Reigns was not on, or uh, that Kevin Owens was not on screen, and I don't think he will be on screen until the Go Home Show to take Adam Pierce's spot. But if, if you expect me to take Adam Pierce seriously as a WWE championship contender, I mean, yeah, the storyline was awesome because it's like, you know, and the way it was executed was pretty cool because that's, that's Roman Reigns and company being a dick and that's his new character and his new heel character is awesome. Um, the only thing that I would have done differently about that is instead of having Instead of having Pierce pin, pin um, Shinsuke, I would have had Pierce pin Daniel Bryan because then that plants the seeds for, for their WrestleMania feud later after the Royal Rumble. So that's, that's the only thing I would have done differently. But then, but then another podcaster brought up an awesome point um, that I would like to um, – that I, that I would like to uh, bring to uh, your attention as well, because I was thinking, well, why was Shinsuke booked so well in this match? Um, you know, because because he he eliminated three people in the, in this gauntlet match. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, well, hmm, that's a little odd considering how. Uh, Shinsuke has been booked. I mean, I was extremely thrilled that he got to look so good. But I love Shinsuke, and the fact that he's been buried is is it's just a, a capital offense, in my opinion. Uh, especially especially when you consider how he debuted five years ago. I mean, it's just it's just highway robbery in its highest form. But um, but then then it was like, well. We, we did just have NJPW and, uh, you know, and their, their, their latest, uh, their latest uh, show, or like their biggest show of the year. So that, uh, that makes perfect sense. You know, the WWE counter with the Japanese superstar. Um, so, so yeah, I love the fact that Shinsuke got some shine but just from the storyline perspective I think it would have made more sense to put to put Daniel Bryan as the one getting getting quote unquote pinned by uh, by uh, Adam Pierce. so that's the only thing I would have done differently in that entire scenario but the way the way it was executed was was pretty cool okay that's our uh, review of uh SmackDown. Now we're gonna fire up the Lorian. Yes, and it's been a while. Is, is is there enough? Uh, is there enough fuel in the uh, flux capacitor to pull this thing off? Yeah, we got one point twenty-one gigawatts. Very, very good. All right, and we are going back to Sunday. January 9, 2000 for ECW Guilty as Charged. Ben, what were you doing on this night? 
Well, uh, let's see. Con um, considering that I was uh, um, 11 years old at this point, I certainly uh, wasn't watching this on pay-per-view. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, it, you know, it, it's it's funny because I I watched um, ECW like in '99 and like 2000 on yep. TV, mm -hmm. and my mom never knew about it. Uh oh, and she uh, caught you watching it. No, no, she, no, she didn't. Because if she did, it would have been a problem. Uh oh, uh, but. Uh, but yeah, I um, I didn't think that this was one of ECW's stronger showings. I think they only had, um, I think they only had like two really solid matches. So I was kind of surprised. Okay, well let's see what we have here. So our opening match has C.W. Anderson defeating Mikey Whipwreck. Uh, and and. I um I was uh, I was kind of um, I was kind of laughing because we had uh, we had Bill Wiles who I didn't who who I didn't know and I still don't know but he he was playing the Bobby Eaton role um you know so it's like hmm because even I recognize that so I'm like hmm, that's funny. It just uh, it kind of reminded me of like uh, you know the Blue World Order parodying the NWO kind of thing. I don't I don't know, but I um I thought I thought it was kind of I thought it was kind of weird because like Mikey Whipwreck was always kind of kind of like the lovable jobber of yep. ECW. So it's like whenever he wrestled, I just couldn't take it seriously. Okay, then we had six-man match. Danny Doring, Roadkill, and Simon Diamond defeating Chris Shetty, Kid Cash, and Nova. Well, we'll keep, we'll keep in mind that uh, Jazz and Electra were technically in the match. It was like a it was like a mixed tag team situation. I'm sorry, what were you saying? It was actually a mixed tag team situation because Jazz and why would it be a, so then why would it be a mixed tag team? Um, because Jazz and Electra were in the match. We in this match, Danny drawing Roadkill. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, the, uh, the, I'm just reading off here. That's why I was I was uh confused when you just said that. Okay. Yeah, well, I was confused that Jazz started uh, started whipping some ass. Hey, geez, because oh, okay, <laughs> you know, but the, but the, but the the match itself was uh, was not a good one. It just it turned out to be an absolute mess because at one point the referee was like doing a, doing dives out to everybody. And I'm like, well, what the fuck is the referee doing? Um, and it just, it, it felt like really bad. It, it, just, it didn't, it, it didn't land very well. And on top of that, I just, I didn't like the fact that Jazz was in the ring with, with the guys. Not that Jazz couldn't handle it, because Jazz could kick anybody's ass, but it's just, 
I, I've just always had a problem with intergender wrestling, but that's right. just me. Um, uh, and then after that, we get um, we get promos from Mike uh, from uh, Mike Awesome and Spike Dudley, respectively, regarding their upcoming main event for the uh, ECW World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, and then um, it was, uh, and then I was I was extremely confused by the next match because it was a it was a dream partner match with uh, with Yoshihiro Tajiri uh, with Steve Carino uh, versus Super Crazy. And uh, mystery. No, 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 no. Well, it was super crazy. And Tajiri versus the Guido and Jerry Lynn. Well, well, yeah, I know what it ended up to be, but the, the but um. Oh, but, uh, so this is confusing because, so from one match it ended up becoming a whole a completely different one. Well, no, because all, all, I'm, all I'm saying is that we didn't. Originally, we did not know that uh, Jerry Lynn was going to be involved, and we didn't know that um, that the other that the that who was uh, super crazy's uh, uh, um, partner was going to be either. So we didn't know about the Jerry's partner or super crazy's at all. All right, Go, going into that, so it like you said, it ended up being Guido and Jerry Lynn. On the respective sides, and 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 to me that it's just odd pairing. Like what? It, what yeah. So so it ended up being super crazy and Tajiri with the with the win. Um, over uh, over over um, Lynn and uh, Leo. And it, but but it's just. It, it was it was it was very odd. Like I had the hardest time trying to figure out what uh, what was going on, um, because of the strange bedfellows situation, um, and uh, and apparently, um, yeah, this this was just really abrupt. And then, for some reason, Guido ended up turning on Lynn. Uh, so it's like, well, why did you even choose to tag with him in the first place? I I was just very confused. Um, and then, uh, and then we get um, we get New Jack. The, the New Jack match coming up next with New Jack defeating Angel Medina. And, 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 and maybe it was just me, but I, uh, I, I had trouble trying to figure out what the story was in this, in this situation. But apparent, apparently it was that Angel kept getting the better of New Jack uh, thanks to the Baldies. And, uh, and New Jack wasn't happy with that, so he uh, he got to work with the uh, with the uh, 
cheese grater and all these kind of different weapons. Yeah, I knew Jack is an interesting person. I mean, uh, I'm not a fan of the new Jack, actually. Oh, be, oh, because because of the stabbing, yeah. That, well, that well, no, all... just the whole new Jack character. I just never understood him. I was never really a fan. First of all, I didn't get to see much of him, but just like the stories I've heard and like what I have seen of him, I just no. Uh, yeah, and then and then this was actually this was actually the match before. Uh, before Living Dangerously, and we all, we both know what happened at Living Dangerously 2000. Yep. Uh, which after after this uh, after this situation, um, uh, Grimes and New Jack didn't get along after that because uh, because Grimes was supposed to take the plunge off the scaffold. Um, but, uh, but he didn't want to because he chickened out once they got up there. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then New Jack just pulled him off, taking the bump regardless. But what it was really interesting because New Jack forced him to take the bump, but then the, on, on the same bump, this is the li- living dangerously. Um, uh, so on that same bump, it was New Jack that ended up fracturing his skull. Oh, you know. Okay. So it's it's just, and apparently apparently they didn't get they didn't get along too well after that one. But which I wonder why. Uh, but really, uh, the next match and the main event were the only matches that I found to be worth watching. Uh, and I'm gonna guess it's uh, the first one is Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know these guys just have uh, had that chemistry where I could I could watch it I could watch this all day long, and um, it, it was it was really interesting because they they were trying to tell a very emotional story. And because um, because the whole premise was that if if Sabu lost, that he would leave the company, and he actually ended up leaving the company and and doing right by RVD by taking the pen going out. Um, this was this was also uh, this was also the the ending of Rob. Well, right before the ending of Rob Van Dam's run with the TV title, because he w- he would break his leg shortly after this match, and our um, RVD um, was having a historic run with the TV title because it, it had lasted almost two years, and then and then another another thing that, that they were emphasizing um, before before this match. Was it was Van Dam's wife's uh, first time being featured back on TV um, uh, since being in a uh, in a gnarly jet ski accident in 1999. So they were kind of like welcoming her back and like emphasizing yeah. that, that she was always on the road with uh, RVD before. Um, yeah. 
before the accident. And apparently, uh, apparently those two just got divorced a couple, uh, like finalized like a year ago. Apparently, they were married for twenty years. Uh, not not the not that I would know very much about that. All I, all I know is that RVD is with Katie Forbes having live sex celebrations on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. So uh, RVD is living his best life, I guess. <laughs> All right. So um, our second last match is the ECW Tag Team Championships: The Alliance versus the Alliance. Just incredible. Lance Storm defeating Tommy Dreamer and Raven. Oh yeah, Com- complete with a Don Marie and Francine cat fight. Yeah, I just I I I couldn't take it seriously with with that. But uh, you know, but if I if I could go back for just a minute and uh, go back to Sabu and 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 Rob Van Dam because I really didn't care about about uh, the next match. The athleticism of both of these men mm-hmm. is just absurd, and what and what they're what they are, what they are able to, to do, yep. is just fucking r- ridiculous. Um, there was there was this one there was this one spot where um that even made me cringe like. Ugh. Because um, because Sabu had set up Rob Van Dam on a table that was like supported by the um, by the guardrails, and so it was it was supposed to be it was supposed to be um, it was supposed to be you know RVD going through the table as a result of a as a result of being driven through it with a with a big splash, mm-hmm. um, but. It, but what ended up happening was um, uh, Sabu, Sabu kind of kind of drove himself stomach first right into the joint of the guardrail, Ooh. and it was just like, oh my fucking god! Um, I just, you know, what the hell? But but the. Uh, like like I said, the athleticism and just how, how well these two work together. Like you can you could see that they were uh, they were really thinking like two two or three moves ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like um, and then there there was this one spot that confused me because because um, it looked like uh, it looked like. Uh, he he was supposed to hit a hit a move on RVD off the top, but then R- RVD kind of countered by putting the steel chair on himself, which was which was supposed to in, which was supposed to incapacitate Tabu, but then not himself, even though he got a grown man driven through him with a steel chair on his chest. So that that confused me. I, I don't know, I don't know if you want to go back and uh, take a look at that spot, but it was just as confusing as I'm making it sound because for some reason the steel chair wasn't supposed to hurt Rob Van Dam, but it was supposed to hurt Sabu, and it was just, it was just kind of confusing. But um, right. 
But just in terms of the uh, of the entertainment value of this match, for me, this was the match of the night. All right, and uh, that brings us to our main event. For the ECW Championship, Mike Awesome defeating Spike Dudley. And really, this this was just a glorified murder. <laughs> because Spike Dudley should have died. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good God. Could there be could could there be a more a more obvious mismatch? Right. I mean, first of all, first of all, Mike Awesome was just freakishly athletic for a 296-pound man. I mean, he came off looking like Brock Lesnar before there was a Brock Lesnar in this thing. Good God! And um, and uh, you know, Spike Spike Dudley sure knows how to play a crash dummy very well. You know, kind of like the sympathetic baby face, but my, my God, he was driven through through more tables than a than a freaking Thanksgiving turkey. Oh my! It's just, I th- I think he went uh, for like uh, three different acid drops, aka sliced breads, and he only hit one of them. Uh. So yeah, uh, Spike Dudley did, did not have a good night. He, I think he went through two tables before the bell even rang to start the match. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it was it was kind of weird the the way that this thing was booked because um, you know, it was obvious that they were trying to um, that they were trying to sell um trying to sell Spike as like a um, as like a baby face kind of badass thing but yet they he never came close to to beating um, to beating uh, Mike Austin because he never got a pin a pin attempt on him so it was just um, it, was, it was it was a very good match I think uh Possibly the best, uh, the best on the card outside of um, outside of Rob Van Dam and Sabu, which which had all the story you could possibly want. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I didn't realize I didn't realize before this match just how talented Mike Awesome was, and it's obviously very sad that he uh, <coughs> that he died so young. Yeah. As, as did so many of his uh, compatriots. All right. Well, that is our review of ECW Guilty as Charged 2000. Ben, now, before we close out for the week, first of all, we are in Royal Rumble season. Yes, we are. All right. I got to ask you, what is your favorite Royal Rumble? Uh, 1992. Oh, Oh, very good. Good answer. Good answer. That was my favorite show. What did you like about it? Oh, just just pretty much everything. But the thing that really put it over for me was uh, was Bobby Heenan's commentary surrounding Ric Flair. Yep. Yep. That was great. Yeah. 
All right, now, uh, I, off air, brought this to your attention. Now, you remember you read off that list of names and grades on the last show? Yeah. And that was for SmackDown. Well, I found one for Raw. Oh, God. All right. So, so you were talking about last week's Raw, right? Uh, well, you said uh, you said uh, you were talking about that tier list. Yeah. For SmackDown. Well, this one is for Raw. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. I got you now. Oh, I was a little bit. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, God. Under the F, okay. We have Tazawa, Dabakato, Eric of the Viking Raiders. What? Eric of the Viking Rangers, that's a that's a fucking travesty. Lucha House Party. Humberto Carrillo, Titus O'Neil, and Tucker. Well yeah, because the fact that the fact that Tucker was broken away from from Otis and heavy machinery was a death sentence in his career. Under the under D's, you have Tina Brooke, Drew, <laughs> Drew Gulak. Uh, oh, fuck off. <laughs> Nikki fuck Cross. Off. Nikki stop. stop, 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 stop. I can't, I can't breathe. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, 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 okay, let me readjust myself. Hold on. <clears throat> Hang on. Did you just did you just say Drew Gulak in the D department? Yes, sir. Fuck me. <laughs> I, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one we have Nikki Cross. Oh, that is sad. Oh, you're gonna be upset with the next one. Ricochet. I'm, I'm, I'm upset with Gulak and Cross. Well, ne- uh. next one is Ricochet. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> who, who put this list together? Was it Satin? It had to have been because it, yeah, I, I believe so. Then uh, we have Peyton. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> we have Peyton Royce. Andrade and Angel Garza. In the C department. In the D department. You put what? You you put Andrade and Angel Garza in the D department? Oh. God, what? Uh, next to be under C, we have Retribution. Whoa, wait, 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 whoa, wait, I don't know if I can take this shit. 
Then we have Lacey Evans. Mandy Rose and our truth. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I, I, I quit! I, don't do this to me anymore. <laughs> the the C plus role goes like this. Oh, there's more. Yeah. Oh, no, just kill me now. Just. There's MVP Cedric and Shelton. Blow me. Elias, Blow. Elias, Jeff Hardy, and Lana, and Riddle. You're gonna put Lana <laughs> above Andrade and Angel Garza. Oh, oh my oh, fucking. Oh, oh. The, the bees are gonna the bees are gonna really anger you. Bronze, more, more angry than I am now. Braun Strowman. Is is this a B minus department? No, just a straight B. Braun Strowman, John Morrison, Naya and Shayna, and Keith Lee. Kiss my bony white ass, you stupid motherfuckers. <laughs> under under the B plus under the B plus the new day and the Miz Seamus and Bobby Lashley. What what the fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> this, this this list is more painful than watching Bobby Lashley's ass flex. And on, uh, under A, we have AJ Styles and Alexa Bliss. What? What? And what? And, and Oscar. You, you, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. You're going to put Alexa Bliss in the same category as Asuka? Oh. And then oh. we, and then at the very top, in the A plus, we have Drew McIntyre. Uh, okay. Randy Orton. Uh, well, I would hope. The Fiend and Charlotte Flair. Uh, uh, okay, kiss my ass. <laughs> kiss my. Fans, Michael is not happy. <laughs> Okay, ladies and ladies and gentlemen, ladies and ladies and gentlemen, before I spontaneously combust, um, let me just let me just ask you this, and and of of course, Elio, feel free to jump in. All right. Um, the the fiend has been booked like absolute dog shit. Correct. Yes. Correct. Correct. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, you still put him in the A plus department mm-hmm. of Monday Night Raw. Uh, what in? I agree that he should be booked in the A plus department of Monday Night Raw. That part I'm not arguing with. But if we're going based on reality, this is just absolute. Dog shit. 
of our list. Yeah. So that is the list. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> I need my pills. Alright, Ben, uh, what do you say we bring this week's show to a close? Yeah, I, I can't take much more of this, man. Now, hold on. Before, uh, before we go, um, I should tell the fans, and you as well, what where we're taking the DeLorean next week. Oh I, oh, I already know. This is this is going to get even more interesting off the back of that list as well. All right. Oh, Lordy. So, so af- after that excursion with the list, we are going back to January 6th. Sold out. 2000. And we are going to rip <sighs> this show to shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. Yes, we are. Because holy crap. If you well, let me tell you some people. Okay. Now, if you can if, if now if you know WCW, if you grow up if you grew up when we did, now granted I, I know that um you know our our generations are a little bit far apart, but you, but you know what I'm talking about. Then you know that WCW uh, 2000 was a joke. From 1999 on till its closing, WCW was an absolute abomination. If you thought that uh, Halloween Havoc 98 was a bad uh, main event, if you thought uh, Bash at the Beach 2000 was bad, uh, wait until you get our feedback on WCW slash NWO sold out. <laughs> Kiss my ass ahead of time. <laughs> and, and, and kiss your fond memories of WCW goodbye because they're going to go up in smoke after this review next because week. Because we are going to do exactly what I renamed you. Oh, <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are indeed going to rip this sh- this show to shit. Absolutely. All right. So with that said, we're going to close out for this week. I'm Elio. He's Ben. This is or at least I was before that <laughs> I don't know where I am now, but <laughs> this is the PC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Ben, say goodnight to the podcast. I don't know if I have much left, so good night and Godspeed, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to need some meditation after this one. <laughs>